All right, welcome back to the Lowest Shepherd Podcast with Pastor Jay and Travis Welch. We're jumping back into Ephesians chapter 4 this week and uh, starting at verse 17. And so, um, do you want to read that? You want me to read it? I can do it, 17 right. through 24. Yeah, we're going to try to cover 17 through 24 in this segment today. Okay, uh, Ephesians chapter 4, beginning in verse 17. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth walk, not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. But ye have not so learned Christ, if so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus that ye put off concerning the former conversations that old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Amen. All right, good stuff there, good stuff. I hope my voice is not too much of a distraction. I've been fighting off some type of a, a respiratory infection here the past couple of weeks. Well, and I've been having some problems too, so it's just allergies and whatnot going around, true enough. All right, so first thing that stood out to me as we were reading this passage is uh, how very similar a lot of the phrasing, the wording is here to Romans chapter 1. And, um, you know, for all those, and of course we talked about back in the introductory, and if you hadn't heard that, you can go back and read the introduction uh, where we talked about authorship. You know, there is... uh, a lot of question, uh, at least among you know scholars, about whether Paul actually wrote this book or not, even though it was attributed to him, uh, because of the the wording and the phrasing and, and the uh, the gr- the grammar that he uses. Um, and I do believe Paul did write it, as I talked about it there. But I was like, here is a good example of where you're getting some straight out of other very undeniably Pauline literature out of the Book of Romans. The same grammar, the same wording, the same phrasing, the same usage, uh, and the same theological thinking. And so I'm just going to go back and read Romans chapter 1 for a few verses here just to give you some of this phrasing here. Uh, In verse 18 of chapter 1 of Romans, it says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. All right? For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power, his divine nature, have been clearly perceived since the creation of the world in the things that have been made, so that they are without excuse. He's talking to the Gentiles here, the nations that are without God. And here's the key for 21. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking. You can underline that. And their foolish hearts were darkened, Hmm. claiming to be wise. They became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man, uh, birds, animals, and creeping things. Therefore God gave them up to the lust of their hearts, to impurity, to the dishonoring of their body among themselves, because they had exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator. So he gave them up to the sensuality of their mind. It goes on their dishonorable passions, etc., etc., so just, just looking back just quickly over this passage we just read again, that they would no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds, their darkened hearts. Remember, they're darkened in their understanding. The ignorance that is in them, verse 18, due to the hardness of their heart. 
right? So it's just very, very reminiscent to me of Romans chapter 1 there. Uh, and so, once again, another uh, case in point for Paul having written this letter, because that's very much tracking on, you know, something he had already written to, to the Romans there. And so, you know, we talked back at the beginning of chapter 4, it talks about walk in a manner worthy of the calling in which you have been called. And here he's giving them sort of the opposite of that. It's like, mm -hmm. hey, you used to walk like the Gentiles. And the, the word there is ethnos, it's nations. You know, you used to walk like the nations did. Don't do that anymore. And he gives this whole illustration about what, you know, how do the Gentiles walk or how do they live? And, you know, the, the futility, the worthlessness of their minds. I was reminded of uh, Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 5, uh, where God's telling them and they're, they're worshiping idols, and he's saying, it's like, you've turned away from me and you've turned to worthless things, and you yourselves have now become worthless. It's that same kind of word, the futility, the worthlessness, the uh, kind of reminds me of Ecclesiastes, vanity, oh, vanity, you know, right. meaningless things that they have turned to. So in the futility of their minds and their foolish hearts have been darkened in their understanding, uh, they, they, they have turned to these worthless things, uh, not just idols in this sense, but also just the worthless way of living your life. Because really anything apart from living the way God wants you to live is ultimately vanity. It's ultimately worthlessness. Uh, I kind of think it's, I think I'm thinking more along that line. I thought of the first Rome, I mean, the Romans chapter one stuff about God giving them over to the depravity of their minds and all that kind of thing when I was reading it myself. Yeah. <clears throat> but what I really get drawn back to is that first couple of verses in chapter four of Ephesians when he starts talking about walk this way, walk mm -hmm. in the vocation worthy of your calling, you know, that when he said that. Mm -hmm. And now here he's telling them, don't walk as the Gentiles walk. You know, he wants you to walk this way. This is the choice that we have. You can either walk this way or you walk this way, you see. And so, and, and also you have to keep in mind that he is, he's, don't walk as the Gentiles walk in the vanity of their minds. Well, who's he talking to here? But Gentiles. Yeah. You know, he, he says, don't walk as the other Gentiles yeah, do. Yeah. You know, so he's kind of. He said, you know, you know, this is what, when you were lost, this is the way you used to be. You used to be think like this and everything. But when he gets to talking about lowliness and meekness and long-suffering over there in verse 2, mm -hmm. then over here he starts talking about in the vanity of their minds and stuff. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and what is vanity? But nothing, you know, it's that self-elevation view of yourself, you know, self of, um, you know, your selfishness and your... You, know, you you look at yourself better than you should and you you know it's you first you know you step on everybody else on the way to the top and <laughs> right. and all of that kind of stuff <clears throat> well that's just opposite of what he told you to do over here in mm -hmm. in verse 2 yeah all humility and yeah, gentleness yeah where's the humility yeah. hey he goes i want you to walk in humility and lowliness and meekness and long suffering and things and he said don't walk as they did over there as the as those other gentiles do in the vanity of their mind. And, and here's, <clears throat> here's what I think of when I look at this whole chapter. And you can kind of feed off this, but I'm thinking in the terms of uh, uh, the, the choices, the decisions, the things that we have. The whole Christian life is about making these decisions to follow Christ or not, you know, to obey Him, to walk in humility and, 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 and uh, meekness and all of that. We we can all get carried away in in walking in the 
in the futility of our own minds. Mm. And uh, <clears throat> it's not just a bunch of lost people, but I think in the, in the free will that God gives us, the, one of the downsides to that is sometimes we choose wrong. You, you know right and uh, when when we were lost we were going to do, you know what's the dichotomy of man you know body soul and spirit you know you're in bondage to the flesh and a lost person is going to do what a lost person does no matter what but when we are saved and the spirit of god comes into us that bondage is now broken and now there's these choices and these decisions that we make and god always gives us these options you know yeah you you need to be doing this don't do this. This is the way you used to do things. And somehow we get called out of those things. We get delivered out of them. And we can find ourselves right back into them again and everything. <clears throat> That's the kind of thing I think about when I see that. And especially, I look around today at Christians and in churches and things. <clears throat> I see a lot of vanity. Um, or what's your translation say? They're not vanity, but... Um, um, futility. Yeah, the futility of their minds. Yeah, yeah, man. I just, I just see so. And and to me, that's worldly thinking. Mm -hmm. You know, you be, you're not spiritually thinking, but you're worldly thinking. And I see a lot of worldly thinking going on mm -hmm. right now amongst believers in the church and everything. So just because you're saved, don't think you're you're somehow um, exempt. <laughs> from right, falling ties, into this utility of the mind. That ties back into Colossians, which of course is sort of the sister letter of this too. I think it's Colossians 2, 5 maybe, where it says, uh, you know, keep your, set your mind on the things above. Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. good. That's exactly yeah, tracking, right. probably tracking the same kind of idea there, yeah. I also thought too, you know, where Jesus is talking to, you know, the disciples all arguing about who's going to be first place or whatever. The right. Team and Jesus says something to the effect of, and I'm paraphrasing here, but, you know, you know, don't don't act like the Gentiles do. They lord over each other and you know, and and do all this kind of stuff. But you're supposed to be you know who's going to be the greatest among you is going to be the servant of all. The 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 last will be first kind of idea here. That that tied back into this as well, where it's talking about you know but you're they, supposed to walk with humility and gentleness and and encouragement and strengthening towards one another, not in this lord. Yeah, but they were looking at it like what's going to be in it for me. Yeah, exactly. Kind of business. The, that kind of ties back into this too, the futility of their minds where they're focusing, like you said, on self-elevating themselves uh, and selfishness, this vanity of their hearts. Yeah. But, he tells uh, us, don't walk in that. We had yeah. the instructions last week when we looked at that, the last mm -hmm. lesson, to walk this way. And then he's kind of, he's kind of, this is all in reference to that. Mm -hmm. Don't walk that, you know, don't walk like you used to. Don't walk like the, the Gentiles walk. You're different than that now. Well, he talks too about here in verse 18 about how they're darkened to their understanding. Mm -hmm. Once again, that came straight out of Romans chapter 1. But I also think, um, man, should have looked it up before this, but is it Corinthians, 2 Corinthians maybe, where it talks about the God of this world has blinded them so that they you know, see Yeah, the yeah, that's good. Uh, you know, and that, so that's, they're darkened in their understanding. They can't see the spiritual things. They can't see the spiritual truth. They can't see God, so to speak, because they're darkened hearts. Blindness. And then it says they're alienated from the life of God. Now, of course, you automatically think eternal life, but it's not even just eternal life. It's life now. Uh, Jesus says, I came to give you life and life to the fullest. You know, the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. I get come to give you life to the fullest. Oh, that's good. The, you know, I mean, of course, it's kind of a joke, but I mean, of course, Joel Olstein wrote that book, you know, Your Best Life Now. Well, I'm going to steal that phrase and say, yeah, Jesus wants you to live your best life now in him. 
Right. It doesn't have anything to do with health or wealth, but it's about, you know, your best life now uh, is serving him and how and, and how you can live for him is actually how you will flourish and thrive and be blessed on earth, whether you have riches or wealth or or health or prosperity or whatever, it has to do with this is what you were intended to do. This is how God created you to be. Uh, and so you are living your fullest potential when you are living for God. But they were cut off from God. They were alienated from Him. They couldn't even have that in this life or, of course, the afterlife, the life to come as well. Yeah, when I, and that's what I think we need to keep in mind, too. When you read this, it's not like, it's not like well, this describes them and, and not you. Well, it could very right. well describe us, you know, and that's why he tells us don't walk like those, don't live like they do, don't act like right. they do, don't live like they do. You can, you can do better than that. Right, and he's saying, I mean, this is these are Christians he's talking <clears throat> to. I mean, these are Gentiles, but they have converted to Christ, and they, I love how he says it, you know, uh, in verse 20, but this is not the way that you learned Christ. You know, you didn't get right. Christ from any of this worldly ideas, you know, this worldly system. You know, you receive Christ from the Spirit in a different way. And then verse 21, because Paul always has to kind of sneak this in there, assuming, of course, that you know about him and were taught in him, right? Mm-hmm. So, assuming mm-hmm. you are a believer, you know, just, just, just for the sake of argument, assuming you're a believer, this is not how you learn. Let him it. teach you. Yeah. You know, when I look up there at verse 19, we kind of skip verse 19 a little mm-hmm. bit, but it said, who being in past feelings have given themselves over to lasciviousness. Yeah. Sensuality is what Sensuality, says, yeah. yeah. But that it's that uh, those people who are living past feeling, I, I, I don't know what's your what who being past what? What does your translation say? Mine says in verse nineteen it says they become callous oh, and have given themselves up to sensuality, and I like the greedy to practice every kind of impurity, which reminds me back to Romans chapter one, where it's like not only do they practice such things, but they encourage others to do yeah, it too. Yeah, King James says you know they're past feeling. I always kind of picture that as being you know they they've they. They no longer have a conscience. Well, what's that passage that talks about searing their conscience? Their consciences yeah. are seared. Yeah. Yeah, they, they they have that, and so that's what makes me think when I that's what made me think back to the mm-hmm. Romans chapter one business when they give them over to lascivia, they right. give them over to, to a depraved r- mind, yeah, r- to do what they ought. They can't. You get yeah. to the place where you no longer can figure out what's right and wrong anymore, and things like that. But you can see people today, you know, they're the things that they do and and live that. Uh, Man, do you even have a conscience any any longer? Uh, it's 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 terrible the things that we've, and it's scary to me to think that a Christian, you know, if you, if you start down that path and you abandon that path that God, you can experience these things, and a lot of people argue against that. I mean, a lot of people won't follow down that track with me at all. But I look at that and I say, yeah, that's them, and that's what I came might have came out of. But I, I don't I don't want to go down that path again. And then then when you get to that verse. Uh, 20 and 21 mm-hmm. but he says but ye have not so learned Christ he said this isn't you didn't learn this stuff from me Jesus said <laughs> yeah. you, know, the Lord, you didn't learn this from the Lord but what I like about that read that again your verse 21 yes yeah, assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus yeah I see I, that that being taught in him mm-hmm. has to do with him being the teacher when in King James it says if so be that ye have heard of him and have been taught by him mm. as the truth is in Jesus. You know, all the, the, the idea that I have from that is, is uh, the Lord is the one who teaches us. One of the, problem, one of the things we have in church is we learn a lot about Jesus, mm. 
you know, we know facts, you know, the history, the, and we, the verses and, and all that kind of stuff, uh, geography, background, all that kind of thing, which is all good. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it, but, but we learn stuff about Jesus. We learn a lot of stuff about Jesus and it's all, it's all applicable. But then there's that, th that, that you enter into that time where Jesus is the one teaching you, you know, and uh, that goes back to that verse two from the last lesson where he says, walk in humility, mm -hmm. um, what's the meekness, yeah. long suffering and that sort of bearing with one another. Bearing, okay. Now who teaches you that stuff? It's the Lord himself. If it's the Lord who teaches humility. Most of the time when we learn from the Lord, when the Lord teaches you anything, a lot of pain is involved in it. I don't know if that's true for you. Oh, yeah. But me, I'm just so, I'm just so hard-headed and stubborn and everything like that. I got my facts, you know, and I can get all prideful and everything in my facts. And then the Lord comes along and he has to beat me on the head with a two-by-four or something like that and say, you don't know nothing, boy. <laughs> and, yeah. and he starts teaching you. And so if you have a, if you have a problem with humility... Trust me in this, the Lord can teach you humility. He can humble us. Or if you have trouble with patience, have you ever heard that um, uh, don't pray for patience? Yeah, because he'll give it to you. Yeah, yeah. Because, because it's learned through the things that we suffer. You know, yeah. we learn patience through the, through the things in which we suffer. And so if you ask the Lord to give you patience, well, be careful because he'll do it. And most of the time when we learn from the Lord, it comes through patience. I mean, it comes through suffering or pain or something like that. At least it does for me. I hope you guys are a lot easier learners <laughs> than what I am. But, uh, but when he's telling us, walk in this, you know, in lowliness and meekness and long-suffering and all that kind of thing, and don't walk like those other Gentiles do in the vanity of their mind <clears throat> and everything. And he comes over here and he says, let me, you know, you have not learned these things from Christ. You know, let, let him learn from him. He will, he will teach you. And that's the kind of thing I think about ourselves, you know, about that. Yeah. Verse 22 here says that you, you learn all this. The truth is in Christ to put off your old self or the old man is actually what it says mm -hmm. there, which belongs to your former manner of life or your former, former way of walking and is corrupt through deceitful desi desires and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds mm -hmm. and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God and true righteousness and holiness. And once again, there's another reference to Romans. Right. Renewing of your minds is Romans 12 right. too. Do not be conformed to the image of this world anymore, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you know, know the and good and God's the God, one that's right? renewing your mind. You know, there's all kinds of stupid mm -hmm. stuff I used to think and believe and everything. Right. And once the spirit comes into you, and he begins to teach you, you realize, oh, how did I ever believe that? You'll start renouncing some of this stuff. Well, yeah, and I just, I just preached on this this past <clears throat> Sunday about, you know, or, or the, the, the old saying is orthodoxy, it determines your orthopraxy. Right thinking or correct doctrine determines how you act. Mm -hmm. And uh, I talked about how sin starts in your mind. The battlefield that we have is in our minds. That's where Satan attacks us, and that's where, we, that's where sin begins. Uh, you know, we always we joke about you know idle hands are the devil's playground. It's really more idle minds are the devil's yeah. playground. Well, I think that you're on the right track there. I think that that the spirit is in the mind. Yeah. When you see that verse there in verse uh, 23, and be renewed in the spirit, spirit of your yeah. mind. Mm -hmm. uh, I know there's talk about 
how you know how all this comes about but i, I see the will as being like part of the soul it's it's mm-hmm. the, the will is in the soul and like and you see a lot of dis, uh, options here you see where god gives you decisions and choices and things to things to make well if 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 i will be saved if if i will be saved then i'll be saved but if i will not <laughs> you know then i won't if i will believe then I'll believe, but if I if I will not, then I won't. And so I see the I see the will as being like you're you're in in as part of the soul kind of a thing. Now you guys can kind of kick that around all you want, but when it comes to the spirit of God, the spirit is like in the mind, and we oftentimes associate it with the heart, but the heart and mind are supposed to be kind of linked together when, when we come into Christ, you know. And so when you think about that whole the dichotomy or the trichotomy. I, I, a lot of people do dichotomy, but mm-hmm. I think trichotomy. A man, body, soul, and spirit. Well, you're in bondage, you know, to the flesh. And but when Christ comes in, a saved person is ontologically different than a lost person. And what makes you different is that the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, dwells in you, and that bondage is now broken. And so we have choices to make and decisions, and the Lord gives us those choices and stuff to make. And so when I when that renewing of the mind and everything becomes to take place, um, man, okay, I got to change my mind. I got to start doing something. I got to start doing something different. Well, and this you've got you've got very once again very Pauline uh, imagery here about this putting off and putting right. on. It's like he he talks about put on Christ in the book of Romans. He talks about you know putting off sin, like you're taking off an old cloak and putting on the new man, which yeah. is like a new cloak. And so and you got to make up your mind to do idea. this. Here He's telling you take take that off, mm-hmm. put this on. You know. And yeah, this what, no longer, this doesn't belong to Christ. You need to take that old dirty cloak off, which also very reminiscent. And I wonder, I wonder if <clears> Paul is actually thinking about uh, Zechariah, the book of Zechariah, where you've got this image of a very apocalyptic kind of thing. But you got this image of Joshua, the high priest, standing before the throne of God, and the you know the adversary Satan accusing him. And he's in these dirty, filthy rags, and then and then God says, "No." He rebukes Satan and says, "No, give him a white robe to put on." And oh, so I don't know. It I, may wonder, be. I wonder if that. I mean, that just came. To I don't mind. know, I but that'd if be a good sermon. Just like taking off this old, dirty, filthy, sinful thing and putting on the the armor of God, so to speak, putting on Christ uh, in in this this righteous uh, this righteous white robe that he's putting on. Because then he talks about you know putting on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. There in verse yeah. twenty four. So. And oh, I no, think that's, that's a volitional decision that we yeah. make. Are you going to do this? You know, uh, don't continue in the vanity of your mind and, and and all that. And I like the way my my Bible in verse nineteen says lasciviousness, but yours said something about in um, sensuality. Sensuality, yeah. yeah, I like that. But um, well, it talks about they become callous, which we talked about the searing of the conscience. It's like you don't even mm-hmm. it doesn't even register anymore. And I mean, you look at you look at our culture and. Um, I mean, I'm, I am personally, uh, you know, just on a personal level, I am shocked at the, the bitterness and the anger and the hatred that I see from people mm-hmm. like constantly. And it seems like it doesn't bother anybody like the way that they act. Well, the, a, this lasciviousness, I'm thinking of Jude and I don't have the verse in mind, but there's a verse in Jude where he, he talks about our faith 
you know, you take the how can you take the grace of God and turn it into something like lasciviousness or something like that? It's like in the first few verses there. Mm-hmm. I can't. I don't know if your well, your version may not say lasciviousness. I don't know. Yeah. But um, um, the idea that I okay, have, yeah, uh, verse four for certain people have crept in a notice who long ago were designated or desi- designated for this condemnation, ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God into sensuality and yeah, deny our own. Yeah, that's it yet. right there. Um, you know, the idea is there is that we take the grace of God, and how can you take something like the, something beautiful like mm-hmm. the grace of God and turn it into something filthy and, and, and it be called lasciviousness? You know, and then Paul warns us of things like that. Do we, do we continue to sin that grace may abound? Well, well, God forbid. We turn the grace of God into something filthy or, or, uh, or something, th- and it's called lasciviousness. We call those things today that God calls an abomination, well, we call them good. Yeah. We call it acceptable. It's a lifestyle choice. So yeah. even the Christians, even churches are going down this path, this lasciviousness past, uh, path, rather. And, and he's telling us, don't go down that path. Don't walk as, as the Gentiles walk, you see. But man, how many people do I see uh, running down that path? All right. Man, I don't know, I ran out of gas right there, ran out of voice, ran out of gas or whatever, but if, if we want to pick up the next session right there, we can yeah. keep going with it. But my point is, I see, I, I see this chapter of, of having decisions and choices to make. The, the will of man plays into this, take this off, put this on, mm-hmm. do this, don't do that, and things like that. And so that's where I kind of land in there. Absolutely. And of course, we are in that practical section that we got to starting in chapter four about, you know, this is the application phase. Where yeah. The first three chapters are about the theology of of things. Now Paul is like, you know, oh, yeah, that's, that's right. This is our part yeah. in advancing. And we're going to get a lot more of that in the next kingdom. section uh, that we'll get to next week uh, as we get into specific things about this is how you should not act yeah. as a believer in Christ. And right. So, We'll catch you guys next time. Have a good week.